Hi there and welcome to Abroad with Care, the 10-minute podcast that makes health easy for expats in Asia. My name is Andrea and every day I help expats make the most of their life abroad. With this podcast, you will finally get the practical answers you need on budgets, hospitals, maternity and many more topics. Twice a month, leading experts will share advice and tips to help you protect yourself and your family. This podcast is created in partnership with April International, a leading insurance services group supporting expats when it matters. Moving to Asia can be quite confusing when it comes to health. How do healthcare systems work? As an expat, what do you need to plan to be protected? In our first episode, I am thrilled to welcome a great expert to answer these questions. Amélie Dion, co-founder and managing director of AdMedilink a leading health insurance broker and advisor in Hong Kong. But first, let's listen to Xavier's story. In 2009, Xavier moved from Europe to Singapore with his wife, and getting to know the local healthcare system was quite a shock for him. We arrived as a couple, my wife and I, 12 years ago in Singapore. Since then, we've had three kids. I grew up in Australia. Uh, My wife is Irish. Luckily, in these countries, you have access to free healthcare. Unfortunately, when you're going to you're coming to Asia, healthcare actually becomes quite a significant cost in your in your lifestyle. If you go to a private hospital for an accident, you're looking at a thousand dollars. All the hospitals offer a general uh, general GP service, and you're looking if you're going on a Sunday, you're looking at one hundred fifty dollars just for a consultation, and then with everything in on top of that. Now. Whilst things are expensive, the health system is very, very good. In other countries, you might be waiting a month or two to to see a consultant or a specialist. In Singapore, you'll get a recommendation and you'll probably be seeing someone within 24 to 48 hours. If you end up needing an MRI or a CT scan, they're going to do it within 24 hours. If you need to have surgery done, it's going to be done in very, very short time. You're not waiting something that, that you know you that I've had experience with in other countries is that you're waiting and waiting and waiting to be to be in line. Here that's not the case. Firstly, thank you very much for joining us, Amelie. As Saviour highlighted, navigating healthcare systems in Asia can be quite complex for new expats. To begin with, could you give us a quick overview on how healthcare works in Singapore and Hong Kong? Singapore has one of the best healthcare systems in the world. In fact, I think it was ranked sixth best healthcare system in the world in 2019. What's important to note is that the pricing difference is huge between public and private medical providers. And if you're a permanent resident or a Singaporean citizen, you are contributing through um, a scheme, through your, your salary. That is all you know, organized by the government and most of your healthcare costs should be covered already. So it's important for expats to make sure that they either get robust coverage through their employer to avoid any hefty bills. Because if you are an expat and don't have the permanent residency status, then you're not part of the the same scheme. So that's for Singapore. Now, if we travel a little bit and go to Hong Kong, where I am, the healthcare system here in Hong Kong is also recognized as world-class. 
Um, it's a two-tier system with both public and private sectors equipped with really high-end technology operated by highly trained medical staff who generally speak really good English. Uh, however, and this is really important to know, Hong Kong has some of the world's highest private healthcare costs, and it's the second highest expensive uh, healthcare system after the U.S., um, in public health sector, the system aims to offer accessible, quality, and cost-efficient care to the population. So while the medical standards are very high um, in order to offer comprehensive care to the entire population, it's not full of what we say creature comforts, right? Waiting times are long, visiting hours are extremely strict, um, there's little freedom of choice in terms of providers. Now, if we look at the private health sector in Hong Kong, it operates like a business. And this means that the incentive is to make money, regardless of whether the provider is for profit or not for profit. Uh, but the advantage of that is that there is a strong customer service model. So when you access private care in Hong Kong, you are a consumer making a choice over one facility or another, over one doctor or another. And so private providers really compete on comfort, choice, wait times and quality of care. So you've spoken quite in depth about public and private healthcare in Singapore and Hong Kong. What could you tell us about the healthcare systems in Thailand and Vietnam? Let me start with Thailand first, um, because it's an interesting country. It is now the leading medical tourism destination in Asia. And most private hospitals in Thailand have excellent staff, medical facilities, hotel-like amenities, as we, we hear about. That said, while private sector in Thailand is obviously more expensive than its public sector, it is relatively less expensive than private healthcare in the US, Europe, Hong Kong, or Singapore. So that's why it's become uh, very attractive to tourism. Public health facilities in Thailand do offer good medical services, but most government hospitals can often be crowded with long waiting times. And while treatment is entirely free for Thai citizens who hold a universal coverage health card, it's not necessarily the case depending on, on your expat status. So in Thailand, many expats prefer uh, private health care because of the quality of care they typically receive. And the private facilities obviously are staffed with higher uh, proportion of, of English speakers. And then the other country that you, you, you mentioned is Vietnam. It's actually one of my favorite countries in Southeast Asia. Uh, Vietnam is a little bit different. Um, there's a mix of public and private, obviously, like the other places we've described. Most of the private providers are focused on outpatient services. And most inpatient services are provided by the public sector. Uh, the standard of care in private hospitals in Vietnam is said to be excellent. Uh, private hospitals in Hanoi or Ho Chi Minh are often staffed by doctors and medical professionals who completed their studies in the US, South Korea, Japan or, or France. And they're likely going to speak good English and or French, actually. So that makes it, um, you know, the prime provider for expats in Vietnam. 
as we know, many expats that actually move to Asia come from countries in Europe. What would you say are some key differences between the healthcare systems from the home regions and in Asia that expats should be aware of? First thing that we've really noticed is that many expats presume that whatever medical cover is provided by their employer in their future country, their country of relocation in Asia, they presume that this cover will automatically be sufficient or automatically extend to all family members. And that is simply not true. So the reality is that private health costs in Asia can be substantially more expensive than in Europe and that employee health insurance is not necessarily sufficient and does not necessarily extend to all family members. Something else that we've noticed um, in regards to companies is that if the company is not a large corporate and is of smaller size, well, it's not guaranteed that the medical cover of the employees will include pre-existing conditions. So if you have yourself or a family member, uh, a pre-existing condition, I'm taking the example of asthma, eczema, a, a chronic immune condition, or you've had, for instance, a past history of cancer, well, all of these can fall under the category of pre-existing conditions, and they can be excluded uh, by the medical cover. So if we were to take a concrete example and say I moved to Singapore with my company and they provided me with insurance cover, but I would be moving with my husband and our two children, how could I protect that my family too? I think the very first thing you need to do is to look into your medical coverage that is being offered by your employer in Singapore. And you should, and this should be part of, you know, the negotiations when you're negotiating your new role in Singapore. And you should be asking whether that coverage is sufficient. You know, will you have to pay any outstanding fees when going private in Singapore? And you should also ask whether your dependents, so that's your, your wife, your husband, and, and your children are covered. And again, don't presume it's the case because it, it isn't always. So you really have to make medical insurance part of a negotiation with the HR and your employer. Now, if you come to learn that your employer cannot provide good enough cover for you, for your family members, well, it's recommended that you take private family insurance. So most expats in Singapore purchase private health insurance to upset the medical costs of private sector just in case, you know, they require more serious and expensive care. So just to give a quick summary then, in order, in order to make um, my family protected, what would the first things be to check when you move to Singapore to Hong Kong? Make sure that health insurance is a priority. Number two, um, I would say you absolutely have to ask your employer the details of the health insurance plan that they're providing their staff and whether there are any voluntary upgrade or top-up options. So with large companies, this is often the case. And then my last recommendation, well, is to shop around. <laughs> it's okay to shop around, talk to different you know, health insurance advisors, do your own research knowledge is power and really the last thing that you want is to be worrying about medical bills when you or or someone you love is sick 
Definitely. This is this has been a great overview of the first steps one should take when moving to Asia um, to ensure that yourself and your family are always protected. Like you've mentioned, knowledge is power. So make sure to do your research, be prepared, find the right cover and insurance plan for you and your family. Like you said, shop around, speak to different advisors, plan budgets ahead of time and make sure that you're always protected. So thanks, Amelie, for the great tips and for joining us today at Abroad With Care. It's been great speaking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Abroad With Care. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any health-related topics. Your friends may have the same questions as you, and you can help them out by sharing this episode with them. Do you want to know more regarding health insurance? April International is here for you. Find out more information at asia.april-international.com.